and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon podcast. Hi, you guys. guys. Welcome back. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. Yay! And we're back. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we took a, I think it was about a two-week break because I was on vacation and I actually got to go see Sarah, you guys. If you follow us on Instagram, you saw us together. Which was so exciting. I mean, I know you guys saw us post like so many pictures and videos and you're probably like, oh my God, no one cares. You were together, but everyone cares because <laughs> we're the cutest. And also we haven't seen each other in like eight years, you guys. Like I just can't emphasize that enough. Like we created this podcast. We've been doing it for over a year and a half now, but we haven't, we didn't even like, we didn't catch up in person until just last weekend. I know. Insane. It, it was crazy. Um, and Sarah was so sweet, you guys. She let me stay at her place, <laughs> and it was so amazing. I feel like every night when I fell asleep, I was like, I am in Sarah Little's bed right now. <laughs> this is just unreal. <laughs> oh, I'm and so happy. It was comfortable and cozy. So comfortable. No, it was good. You guys, we had a lovely time. It was the first time, too, that we ever drank together. So that was fun. It was. We'll have to post some pictures. It was so funny because every time we would drink and cheers, it was, like, expected that everyone had – or, like, someone had to take a photo of us cheersing yeah. together. Yeah. We had beer and wine. These lovely little drinks that Sarah introduced me to, the rosé oh. spritz. Yeah. Yeah. Rose Spritzer. Oh my God. So good. And we had coffee together for the first time. (laughs) True. Yeah. We did all the things. It was, it was fun. It was lovely. Berlin is great. Yes, everyone should visit. Berlin's amazing. It's my fave. But it was just so crazy, like introducing, like, first of all, like seeing Katie, but then introducing her to all the people in my life in Berlin and then me also meeting her partner which I had never met before so I was just yeah. like oh my god our world they're <laughs> they're coming together and you know everyone now I know it was really awesome meeting your yeah your partner too and your friends it was like oh I'm seeing Sarah's world it's all happening. Yay. <laughs> and y'all, she got to meet Jay. <laughs> I met Jay because, yeah, if you guys have listened to all our episodes, which you should have, um, <laughs> Jay's been on the show, and I got to meet him. And I think you guys already know this, but I've met Allie. Allie came to yeah. Arizona. So, anyways, yeah, I've met people that I've only heard their voice on the show. So that was cool. Yeah, it was so exciting. We'll have to post. We we took a lot of photos, but we're trying to, like, sparingly use them on social media. Because I'm like, <laughs> even though I want to post them all, it's like, we got to spread them out. Because who knows when the next time we'll see each other in the flesh, you know? I know, for real. <laughs> Just crazy. Um, Yeah, it was fun. We, we went, had all the food. I ate so much food that weekend. We went to a yummy schnitzel place and had oh. some, like, drink, like, some beer. And then we went to this, like, super typical Berlin bar after that. 
I hope you guys weren't like overwhelmed with these poor guys. So like they fly in, have like a super early flight, take a little nap. And then I was like, all right, tour guiding it up. And then they're going to meet us. And then we're going to go to dinner. Then we're going to go to drinks. And we went with like my partner and his friends and well, my friend too, who are Brits. And it's like, you can't keep up with them. I can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was so perfect. We got to see Berlin and it was, yeah, it was freaking awesome. That little bar was so cool because it's not like the bars here because you can't, first of all, the bars close at a certain time here. And secondly, that you can't smoke in them. So it was very much like, I don't know, it was just a different vibe, but it was really cool. Yeah, it's true. Actually, my boyfriend talks about that a lot, too, because I think he mentioned it with you guys, even, that, like, you know, Brits are notoriously known for, like, getting super hammered really early. Like, you see, like, drunk (laughs) people in the streets of London at, like, 10 p.m. or even earlier because the pubs, like, close, I think, at 10 or 11. Oh, they're going to kill me. They're going to, like, message in and be like, no. (laughs) Um, But I'm pretty sure it's, like, 11 p.m., so they have to, like, drink as much as they can before the pubs close. Whereas, like, in Berlin or Germany in general, like, the bars don't close until super late. And so you just, like, take your time drinking and, like, there's no rush. Like, you're not going to get kicked out. But then that also means for people like me who are lightweight, I'm just like, oh, my God, it's too – like, I came home <laughs> on Saturday at, like, 3 in the morning. I have not – y'all. I have not been that drunk, and I don't remember how long. So much so that I woke up the next morning butt naked in my bed. Don't remember doing any of that. Went to the bathroom to pee and was like, what are those little blue dots on my toilet seat? I had taken my contacts out. Instead of putting them in the case, I just flicked them at my toilet. No, you didn't. I did. And then they just dried up on my toilet seat. And I was like, why did I do that? What is happening right now? And there was like a trail of clothes into my bedroom. (laughs) And apparently I had a full on conversation with my boyfriend and his friend saying that I was going to buy some of their chairs. Y'all, I'm not buying any chairs. I woke up the next morning to all these messages like, for real, you're going to buy this chair? I'm like, what chair are they talking like, about? What is happening right now? <laughs> so point being, it's a whole other ball game when you come to drink in Berlin. Because it's yeah, just, yeah. Whew. But speaking of that, I'm dominating <laughs> the conversation, Katie, for that. Sarah, why are you such a dominatrix? I don't know. <laughs> I'm a dominatrix. Um... During this night that we went to this very Berlin bar, Katie and I were, no, all of us, okay, so to set the scenario, I'm not a really good storyteller, I'm not Jay, but to set the scene, um, it was me and my partner and Katie and her partner and then my friend who's from the UK as well and then my partner's friend who's from the UK. So three Brits, three Americans, which never happens for me, I'm always outnumbered. (laughs) <laughs> Point being, we were like chatting about different words in the UK and in America. And like, you know, even though we both obviously speak English, there's like a lot of things that mean something different or just like different expressions or whatever. And we were talking about the word fanny. <laughs> which... <laughs> 
obviously, like, in the States, fanny usually means your butt. Yeah, or, like, a fanny pack, I guess. But, yeah, if you just say fanny, it's, like, your little, like, backside, right? Like, your butt. Yeah. In the UK, fanny means vagina. (laughs) (laughs) And we were talking about how, like, when I was growing up, my southern mother like, if we ever got in trouble, she'd be like, oh, I'm going to pop that fanny. <laughs> you guys, when she said that at the table, the Brits, all of their mouths just dropped. And, I mean, I think your your one friend was horrified. Her, her hands went up to her face. And she was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Say that. She was horrified, and they all were, and, like, I kept saying it, and their faces just kept cringing, because I was, because basically, my partner's friend was like, oh, my God, that's something that, like, a cheeky guy would say to a girl, like, a skeezy guy, like, at a pub or whatever, and be like, yeah. mm, pop that fanny type thing, but obviously in a British accent. And I'm just like, what? That's so crazy. I know. I love how you were like, wait, so that's really a term that you would use while you're having sex? Like, oh, I like your fanny? Because <laughs> to us, it sounds so silly and childish. But to people from the UK, that's, yeah, that's a sexual term. <laughs> Very much so. And before all you haters start bitching about us going off topic and not getting into the the actual topic of the podcast, this is our topic. So this is our Katie, topic, yeah. Yeah, so Katie came up with this brilliant idea to talk about a woman named Fanny, yes. because also we talked about Fanny <laughs> when she was in Berlin, and we have this funny story now and this inside joke and then she remembered this I can't say character because it was a real woman but this woman Fanny and so she's gonna tell us all the things about Fanny (laughs) yay good intro ah thank you thank you (laughs) yeah I thought about this I think I was even still in Europe and I was like just still giggling about the word Fanny and then I was like oh yeah Fanny Fanny Alger from Mormon history a famous fanny, which now, I, whenever I say the word, I just want to giggle. But right? I'm going to have to try to get through it. Um, but, so I mentioned this, well, I don't ever think I mentioned her name, but I talked about her very briefly before on episode eight, which is crazy. That was a long time ago, because I believe, do you remember what episode this is? I think it's 53? What? Yeah. Yeah, this is episode 53 that we're recording right now. Um, So when we talked about polygamy, that was way back in episode 8. Crazy, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. So episode 8, and we're on... Aren't you guys like that that's me doing my math? 53, (laughs) 8, that's forever ago. Get your fingers out, yeah. Um, I... So I went back and I listened to, I I only listened to part of it. Oh my gosh. I <laughs> Listening back to our episodes, have you ever done that, Sarah? It's like, <laughs> it's so hard for me because I'm like, okay, we didn't have even an opening jingle at all. <laughs> I, I feel like I was so timid. I was still 
like so nervous about putting this podcast out there that you can tell my voice was a lot more timid and I was wearing I remember when I we first started recording I was wearing a headset that kept echoing back in my ears and so it was so <laughs> difficult to get my point across and then sometimes we'd have like technical difficulties anyways Point being, basically what we're saying is you guys are a champ for listening to those early ones because you are, you really are. (laughs) I think I try to listen to, I definitely listened to the first one and the second one, maybe one or two others. And then I was just like, oh, I can't do it. And the fact that we just recently switched to recording via Skype so that I don't sound like I'm 10 years away. Um, (laughs) I can't believe people listen. It's insane. I know. I freaking love everyone for listening. Thank (laughs) you. Because you stuck with us. You're the real champions. (laughs) What champs? Um, So, yeah. Okay. So I, I went back and I listened and I did mention her, but I didn't mention her by name. And we just sort of skimmed over her when we talked about, like, Joseph Smith and Mormon history. So, are you ready for to learn about Miss Fanny Alger? Oh my God, I can't wait to learn about <laughs> but Fanny Pack Vagina Woman. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna like sort of give a little bit of a history before she comes into the story, um, and it might be a little scattered, but who knows? That's sort of how we do things. Um, <laughs> Okay, so in 1827, Joseph Smith, J-Dog, hey J-Dog, he marries Emma Hale, and then Emma becomes Emma Smith. Um, and if you guys remember, they eloped because Emma's family didn't approve of him, and this was, like, before any of the Book of Mormon had been written or anything. So, mm-hmm. 1830 is when the Book of Mormon is published. And he's been looking into his hat, getting the revelation (laughs) from the rock, and he has his scribes write down, you know, all the stuff that is supposedly magically coming out of this rock. And one of the main scribes is a man named Oliver Cowdery. I only bring him up because he'll come into play later in the story. But basically, he was like Joseph Smith's best friend. Like, he fully believed in the church and in the Book of Mormon and in all of it. Like he was one of the three witnesses to the Book of Mormon, uh, which we haven't really talked about much on this podcast. But I guess if you've never been Mormon, um, the three witnesses were just three guys who claimed that they had like a special vision of like the plates of the Book of Mormon and said that they're real. And so now they had never seen them, right? No, but I mean, they claimed, I think, they said, one said that they saw them with, like, their spiritual eyes, and they fully <laughs> believed, and they said they saw them, like, underneath a tablecloth, something oh, like that. Nice. So, even to this day, in the front of printed Book of Mormons, you'll see um, it, it has, like, the testimony of the three witnesses saying that this is a real, this is a real true book or whatever. Oh. Okay. So, that happens then. Um Let's see. Do I need to say anything else? I don't think so. All right. So Miss Fanny Alger, her parents, they converted to Mormonism like right after the Book of Mormon was published in 1830. And Fanny was 14 years old. Um, Everyone liked her. She was a really sweet girl. 
Um, she was beautiful and she became the maid, like maid slash nanny for Joseph and Emma. And she. <gasps> yeah. Okay, now you guys, I remember episode eight. You're okay, in- continue. Okay. <laughs> so <clears throat> she um, is helping them out at their house. And um, Emma loves her. Like, Emma. I think some people even said that Emma was like her adoptive mother. That's how much Emma loved her. And she lived in the house with them. Um, She, let's see, is there anything else I need to say about that? I don't think so. So, (laughs) in 1833, Emma can't find them. Like, one day, she's just like, where's Joseph? I don't know. Where's Fanny? I don't know. And she's like, this is weird. So she goes out back and she hears some sounds coming from the barn. And she peeks through the cracks, the wood cracks in the barn. And she finds Joseph and Fanny in there together doing the dirty. (gasps) (laughs) Well, the Mormon church won't admit to what it actually was. They'll say that it could have been like a secret I don't know, some sort of sealing ceremony, but no one else was in there besides <laughs> Fanny and Joseph. Ceremony, which involves J-Dog boning a 14-year-old. Yeah. Oh, my God. I think, to be fair, I think at this point she was 16, but still, ew. Okay, I think 15. he... This is like the ceremony with the veil and the glory holes. Oh, That's God. Ew. <laughs> yeah. And I think in episode eight, um, you brought up a good point. You were like, do you think that this any of this was like consensual? And I I think I said something like, well, maybe. But then the more I thought about it, if she's 16, that's that can't be like she's a child. She's still a child. And even if she does say that it's, you know, consensual, like she doesn't have, I would argue, like the not mindset, but I'm sure I mean, Joseph Smith is known for being really clever and manipulative and charismatic. I mean, that's how he got a fucking entire group of people to join a church and to yeah. pay for it and to move across to Salt Lake City. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's clearly able to convince and manipulate. So I'm sure even if she did say, like, oh, I am in love with him, it was, you know, brainwashing and manipulation. Well, right, because she's 16. So that's statutory rape, right? Like, yeah. Even 100%. now, if so, if a kid's if a dude's 19 and he has sex with a 17 year old, that's like still technically statutory rape. And I think Joseph was like 27 at the time, and she's 16, yeah. and she's his maid, and and he's married. He's married to Emma. Yeah. Uh. So no matter how the church tries to excuse this, it, it looks really bad because immediately after that, Emma was so furious. That she kicked Fanny out of the house. Like, <laughs> she set her out Fanny onto the, the street. Like, get out of here, Fanny. And so, you know, she wouldn't do that if it was just some simple, like, little, like, fake, I don't know, quote-unquote, you know, temple ceiling ceremony that Joseph was having in there. No. They were boning. Or no, he was doing oh. it. You know, he was statutory raping her. Let me be clear. Um, whoa, whoa, wait, can I ask this? Maybe I'm jumping the gun. You guys, I'm getting comfortable. I'm not laying on my couch right now. 
Um, <laughs> what does the church say about like what exactly they say? Okay, so basically, Fanny's account or like story or Emma's is like suggesting or not suggesting it's what they witnessed that like Joseph Smith was boning the sixteen-year-old maid. But then what does so the church? justifies it by saying no 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 there were no witnesses and they were just having a temple ceremony yeah they so they say (laughs) okay so joseph smith never denied like any like a relationship with fanny but what he said is that she was technically his first plural wife but there's there's no evidence anywhere that there was any kind of ceremony or any sort of sealing performed like nothing and Emma immediately kicked Fanny out of the house. Um, so what the church says is that it was he was it was probably just his first plural wife, and he hadn't told Emma about it. And then Emma caught them and was jealous. Oh my god! Basically. But even that, it's like even if you go on that and say, okay, say that that's true, it's still fucked up that a prophet of the God of the God of God. <laughs> would lie to his wife oh yeah emma didn't know about pretty much any of joseph's plural wives i mean i think she found out about some and knew about a couple but he had a lot and she was in the dark about like almost all of them oh my god i can't y'all i still can't believe i believed in this shit like oh (laughs) it's insane and the people who defend it which is like our little troll right now who drives me over the wall God, I like can't. he gets under my skin so much so job well done troll because I'm supposed to ignore <laughs> you but you annoy me so much and if you're <laughs> listening I'm still saying it like you annoy me quit asking dumb questions it's so annoying <laughs> you're annoying so <laughs> I think maybe I like where um what you were saying like what the church how the church excuses this because I think there's a lot of good counterpoints I can bring up in the story yeah. so the church <laughs> if you go on to LDS.org. Actually, now it's freaking the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints.org because they are. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. They changed it. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Is that not the silliest thing you've ever heard? (laughs) Well, that alone is going to make people not join the church because they can't fucking remember like this long ass URL. The Church of (laughs) Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints.org. Calm. <laughs> and then you have to search on there for the gospel topics essays. And if you, I think this, the one that addresses this is the early polygamy in, I think, in like Nauvoo and Kirtland, perhaps. <clears throat> oh, I think. Okay, so they talk about it and they try to say that um, they say Joseph was inspired. He, I guess he was studying the Bible and he was curious why polygamy happened in the Bible, you know, like with Abraham and Solomon and Moses. And according to the church, he prayed about it and God goes, oh yeah, that's a principle that you should practice too. Oh my God. <laughs> they claim it's some type of ancient principle, but um, when you actually look at it, it was just in the Bible, it was like a cultural thing that people did. Or if a woman couldn't have children, the the man would like take a second wife so that he could have children with that wife. It wasn't ever in the Bible. It's never like commanded by God or like a sacred principle. It's just something yeah. that is culturally in the Bible. But the church tries to say that that's why Joseph like was curious about it. 
and thought about it. And oh so, um, so then, as the story goes, in 1834, apparently, an angel appears to him and goes, Joseph, you need to practice polygamy. Like, you have to. God is commanding you to. And Joseph is like, I don't know. I think Emma's going to be mad. And the angel's like, doesn't matter. Got to do it. And You have from- a glorious dick, Joseph. So <laughs> you need to share it with all the Mormon women. Gross. Like, you need to bless them. <laughs> So from a guy wrote this. He says from 1834 to 1842, the angel visits him three times. And on the third visit, the angel is so mad at Joseph for not fully practicing polygamy. Apparently, he comes with a drawn sword and threatens to destroy Joseph if Joseph doesn't practice polygamy fully. Um, Stop. Which is that's which actually is, a thing. Like. Yeah. Yeah. And ironically, by 1842, he already had like over 20 wives. But according to Joseph, he wasn't he wasn't doing it enough, which you can interpret to mean he wasn't having sex with enough of them, that the angel was like threatening him like you have to have do more. The Lord's commanding you to do more, um, which was his justification for then DNC 132 was written in 1843. Oh, my God. And that's when it became official scripture. Um, But I I thought about something interesting with that, how he says he's threatened, like, with damnation if he doesn't practice polygamy. Then how does he still have free agency that the church also claims you always have? Oh, yeah, that's a really good point. Interesting, right? Um, Okay, but so like I said, he claimed that this... This angel came to him in 1834 um, with this quote-unquote revelation, but the little affair with Fanny happened in 1833, the year before. Uh. (laughs) So he's totally off. Like, even his story of the angel doesn't even cover the whole Fanny episode. You guys, I just... You know what? It makes me so angry because if you were to just share this with every single Mormon person and if I mean, first of all, kudos to the church for making everyone scared shitless to search anything because that was me. But think about it. If like everyone who was an active Mormon in the church wasn't brainwashed and didn't know, like have this mentality that like everything they research in the internet or on the Internet is of the devil. Like, if they knew this, there wouldn't be a Mormon church. No. Like, no. there's no way you could practice a church, especially as a woman, and defend this and be like, yeah, that's okay, though. Like, you know, it was in the past, so it's fine. He just, like, put this in modern day context. Like, this is like anything you see on TV where the wife comes home and her husband is having sex with their nanny. And yeah, exactly. You know, every woman is like, oh, like she shouldn't be with him. Like he's a liar, and every, you can't trust him now. But for some reason, Joseph Smith gets a pass. It's yeah, the Joseph Smith gets a pass, and then they actually fucking like start a religion after him. Right, right. <laughs> they follow him and believe everything he says when he's full of shit. <laughs> and pay his religion monies. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. Man. I can't. Um. 
So, so also another thing that's important to note about this too is how he claims that this relationship with Fanny was his first plural wife. Well, the the sealing power, so like temple sealings and temple marriages, that didn't even become a thing that Joseph invented until 1836. So that wasn't even around, like he wasn't even temple sealed to Emma in 1833. Like nobody was sealed to anyone because that wasn't even a thing yet. And so there's no possible way he could have been like sealed to her in some ceremony because it wasn't even invented or restored as the church would say. He was just, you know, having sex with her. Um, But yeah, so so Emma kicks Fanny out and Fanny moves away with her family to another town. And she actually, pretty quickly after that, she marries um, a non-Mormon and they have a happy life. She has like nine kids. Oh, Um, fuck. Yeah, she just, and I think she lived to be pretty old eventually. Um, But after she got kicked out, um, rumors started circulating about like why she was kicked out, right? They're like, what happened? Like Emma was pissed, you know, what's going on? Um, And so the church sent out this, I guess, like kind of piece of what they called like, they called it a chapter of rules for marriage among the saints, which said, <laughs> which said, inasmuch as this church of Christ has been reproached with polygamy, we declare that we believe one man should have one wife. And it was canonized and published in the Doctrine and Covenants. Like it w- became official scripture, even though Joseph Smith was like having these extramarital affair things happening that he was calling marriages. He didn't want the community to think he was. So he was lying about it and publishing scripture saying like, no, we just believe in one man and one woman. Um, Oh my God. And so, and then until 1843, when it came out in the Doctrine and Covenants that God, you know, suddenly did want polygamy. And then um, in 1852, when they started publicly practicing polygamy, that article on marriage about one man, one woman, it was removed. Brigham Young removed it from the <gasps> evidence. Like this, it's all just so messed up and crazy. It's just like whatever the prophet wants to do at the time, just like change the scripture, change it out. <laughs> what? They removed it? That's insane. Yeah. But the, uh, the plural, mar- like the polygamy and plural marriage stuff is still in. Doctrine and Covenants 132, and they don't remove it because it also contains the doctrine of, like, eternal marriage. Mm -hmm. So it's still there, which is crazy. Which here, sorry, not to... Not to dominate the conversation. Oh, my God, no, you haven't been dominating at all. (laughs) (laughs) But this makes me think of... um, I told you, Katie, about this show on... So, guys, I have a VPN now, and I finally get to watch American TV for, like, it hasn't happened in seven years. So, I'm binge-watching, like, crazy all the trash reality TV shows. <laughs> and, the yeah, I miss TLC so much. It's, like, my favorite, like, trash station. <laughs> I love this channel. And there's this show in there called 90 Day Fiance. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
So basically, if you haven't watched it, the premise of the show is that like these people are they get engaged to someone who's not American and they come over to the States with a some type of visa, like K91 visa or something like that. I don't remember. I'm totally making it up. But some type of visa where it says that they have 90 days to marry this person or else they have to go back to their country of origin. Like they have mm-hmm. to leave the States. So on, I've watched, I don't want to talk about it. I've watched three seasons. Oh my <laughs> <So> God. Trash. <laughs> so trash. It's just so addicting. Um, <laughs> and on two, so two out of those three seasons have had a Mormon on there. And they're disgusting. Like it's these Mormon guys who meet these really young girls on their mission. So I think both of these girls were either night one was 19 and one was 20 maybe 21 or something like that and the first one is not relevant to this point but he's just like awful like he's so controlling he like this girl is gorgeous she's this cute little like not even cute like stunning girl from brazil and she converts and comes to los angeles and she gets scouted to be a model and he's like I don't want you to model because in our church, we believe in modesty. In our church, we believe in withstanding, withholding sex before marriage. And And all these, like, interviews with him makes me want to just punch the screen because he's so fucking annoying and controlling. Like, he's like, I don't want you to model because you're you're too pretty when you have makeup on and guys are looking at you. Ew, that's... I don't approve it. Abusive partner red flag. Oh, it's awful. Okay, but the second one, this is the thing that's on topic. <laughs> Sorry, haters. Come back, <laughs> listen. Um, so the second one is this family from Idaho, which I'm pretty sure they're, like, descendants of that Groberg guy, the other side of heaven guy. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, the Disney made a movie, and there's a book um, about it where it's the missionary who goes oh. to Tonkin Islands. Yes, yes. Okay, now I know. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm pretty certain because I read that book and I watched the movie like 10,000 times when I was a Molly Mormon. <laughs> I was obsessed. I'm pretty sure the last name is Groberg, but someone can correct me. But anyways, this guy who in that family, like that book, the family is based in Idaho and this family is based in Idaho and their last name is Groberg. And they have like seven eight kids and the guy meets this girl in the Czech Republic she's actually Russian has her come over and they're so obnoxious I can't even the family like they're constantly talking about their Mormon beliefs and like judging her because she's a convert she has a tattoo she used to dance a lot and drink a lot and the dad's like, I'm just worried about her being a convert and her going back to her old ways and meh, 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 meh. And then her family from Russia comes over and they're like asking them, have you ever heard about Mormons before? And they're like, the mom's like saying, no, I mean, I, I searched it on the Internet. And then the dad like has his little, you know, part away from the what is it called? Like side part where they like talk. Oh, uh-huh. Like cut away or something. Yeah. Yeah. And he's basically saying like, well, we were a bit worried about her searching something on the internet because the internet, you know, if it's, if it's anti-Mormon, it's. Oh my God. Da-da-da. Yeah. Like a anti-Mormon all- is, is actual like history. That's just what I it is. Oh, it was so bad. And then, so she <laughs> says like, well, yeah, the first thing I read is that Mormons, 
Mormon men have lots of wives and that really scares me about like my daughter marrying your son and they're instantly like oh no that's what they used to practice and it was and the mom's like and that's because you know they had to go across the west and you know a lot of the women just needed a man to take care of them them. but we don't believe it anymore it's not it's not part of mormon doctrine and i was like yes (laughs) it is yes it is it's still there yep Ugh. Anyways, that's my tangent. Watch the show. It's trashy and amazing, but also the Mormons look so fucking stupid on it. And <laughs> it's all incorrect. Like everything that they're saying. And it's so judgmental, you guys. If you watch it, I cannot believe for those of us who used to be Mormon, we were these people. And I say oh, that because yeah. I used to be that person. Like, ugh, it's awful. Yeah. I Back know. to Fanny. Fanny Mae. <laughs> no, and I was that person, too. I remember, like, you know, Doctrine and Covenants section 132 would come up, and you just don't read certain verses of it, and you just kind of ignore it. Like, oh, this doesn't matter now. But like we've said before on many episodes, it, according to, like, eternal marriage, men can have more than one wife, but women can't have more than one husband. Um for like, you know, if uh, someone dies in the marriage, the man could get resealed to an, the wom- another woman, but the woman couldn't get resealed to another man without first canceling her first sealing. So it's like, it's still practiced. It's just not like practiced, I guess, in this life. Um, yeah, it's 100% practice. And it's part of the, the core doctrine. And not even just that, like what you're saying with um, if, a man gets divorced, like he can marry and have multiple wives, but a woman can't. But another thing, so I always knew that, well, I didn't always, but I knew that part of the doctrine for a few years before I left. But the thing that pushed me over the edge, because I was a virgin and at the age of 29, I still had this like glimmer of hope of like, well, if I have to stay a virgin the rest of my life, at least I know that, like, I will be blessed in the afterlife and get to marry, like, an amazing Mormon guy and have all the sex and have him to myself. But then when I found out in my temple prep class that that's not true, that most cases, like, the promise is that you will just be married to a man who has multiple wives. Yeah. And I was like, what? What the hell? This is so messed up. Yeah. (laughs) That is insane because they never teach it like that. And then when you actually look at the doctrine and you read, because I'm not going to lie, I never read Doctrine and Covenants unless it was a class. Like if I was taking like a seminary or institute or a class at BYU, I just didn't read it because. I just, I don't know. I don't know if that's part of the church's plan, but it's not really something they tell you to, like, part of your scripture study. Yeah. It's always the Book of Mormon that yeah, they emphasize. I think there's stuff you can find a bit more easily in the Doctrine and Covenants that seems like it was very clearly made up by Joseph Smith, and you're just like, what is this? What? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's insane, and I, I wish I would have read it sooner because maybe I would have been like, wait a minute. I know, and it's crazy. It's crazy, too, like we've mentioned before. It's so widely acknowledged now, but when you and I were growing up, we weren't taught that Joseph Smith was a polygamist and that he had this revelation from, you know, the God and the angel thing and Fanny Alger and all of it. You don't know any of it. And they (coughs) have, sorry, excuse me, they have it on their website now, but still it's, 
definitely it's never like taught in Sunday school. No, it's just not. not it's like ignored. Um, and I don't think anyone knows that his the the woman he claims was his first wife was 16 years old and immediately kicked out of the house after Emma found out. Um, you know, because I think if they knew that, they'd be like, okay, something's up. Something's wrong with this picture. <laughs> yeah, of course. You're taught that Joseph is such a good husband to Emma, but uh, he was absolutely horrible to Emma, from what I can gather. He never asked for her consent to marry any of the other women, and he even wrote into the Doctrine and Covenants a threat on, like, her life if she didn't just obey him. But, you know, it supposedly came from God. You know. Oh my God. And yeah. That's the thing too that makes my like blood boil too because I remember y'all. I went to the Joseph Smith Building in downtown Salt Lake. Is that what it's called? It's called the Joseph Smith Building, right? Uh huh. Yep. And I watched that damn movie about four times, and I would be in tears, and I would walk out thinking Joseph Smith is such an incredible guy, and like. Oh, Emma was so lucky to marry him because they oh. present it like a rom-com. Like, yeah. they show yeah, they Joseph do. being this, like, martyr and, like, this amazing, like, spiritual giant who's just so compassionate and kind. And he, you know, yeah. pursues Emma and he woos her and he dates her and they have amazing marriage and, like, all this stuff. And then you find out the reality of it. Like, it's yeah. insane to me how manipulative but also clever the church is like mm-hmm. one of the things I think. Oh, also I posted this on the Instagram. I think last week on the Instagram. <laughs> I'm like the an Instagram. 80 year old woman. <laughs> <laughs> um, that documentary, which is also really interesting. If you haven't watched it, it's called meeting the Mormons and it's, um, it's a UK documentary. And my partner heard about it from another British guy at his work. And uh, who's not Mormon, who just thinks that the Mormon religion is fascinating. So he's always asking my boyfriend about, like, me and this whole idea of the podcast and (laughs) of Mormon religion and stuff. So he suggested this documentary, and we watched it. And first of all, watching it with the non-Mormon British guy, like, (laughs) it was so funny. Because my boyfriend just kept being like, what? Like, no. What? Like, he just couldn't get over all the stuff. Because it's a documentary about missionary work. Mm. And it's a woman who, a British woman who's doing, like, the church gives her the okay to film um, this one missionary who's from Leeds, I believe. Or he gets sent to Leeds, which is so shitty. Like, they're, if you read the comments, it makes you giggle so so much because people are like how shit that he gets called from I think he's from men I don't know some city in England and then he gets called to serve in Leeds England <laughs> yeah like that's drive up the road <laughs> <laughs> anyways um so they like film this missionary so the process of like before he goes on his mission to being set apart to the MTC and then his like actual mission and the church, y'all, it, it, give, it gave me the chills. They, like, assigned this guy who had to be with a documentary woman, like, maker. I don't know how you would say that. Um, at all times, like, he had to approve of what she was asking and what the responses were. Ugh. And yeah. if, like, she would ask them about 
basically this whole idea of them having to wait until marriage to have sex and stuff like that. And there's like this one scene where the, the guy, the church representative is like, that's an inappropriate question. You're not allowed to ask that question anymore. Wow. And blah, 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 blah. And then, it, yeah, so it's it's just mental because it's it's so much brainwashing and they just have no idea yeah. any of the stuff. And the whole point, sorry, so this is the point I was getting to. <laughs> sorry, tangent. Um, is that one, per- one person, I think it was in the comments, made this point, which I never even thought of. That the church is so manipulative and, like, clever, though, especially in their marketing scheme, because they literally get unpaid service for two years to do their work. Plus, it's not even that they don't have to pay them. They're also contributing a tithing at the same time. Yep. (laughs) Yep. To do work for them. Like, it is insane but also really clever and it just makes me sick to my stomach when I because I've never made that connection before about Mormon missionaries yeah they do it full-time for free and then yeah like you said not even for free they pay tithing and think of all of the people just in the regular congregations that serve the church like that serve as bishops or any type of role any kind of teacher or whatever in the church like everyone has a calling and they do it for free for free and then another thing that they were showing because um my boyfriend was asking about there's this one scene where it's like they're measuring out food or like about to make pasta or something like oh that serves like one person and he was like what I don't get it I'm like yeah because they have a really cheap budget because most of the missionaries they have to pay like they're encouraged to pay for their own mission And sometimes if they can't afford it, then the church will help, like, subsidize the mission, basically. But they have a really tiny budget. And then the missionary even says that they got, like, I think he said something like 24 pounds a week for groceries. Oh. Oh. I know. I was just like, what? I know. It's It's sad. (sighs) Yeah. Crazy. Saying how the church is brilliant with like how you were mentioning that um movie about Joseph Smith and they just show him as like this perfect family man or whatever, and how Mormons excuse away polygamy, saying that women just needed men to take care of them. Well, the people who were the men who were polygamists, like and Joseph Smith included, they Joseph Smith married eleven women who were already married to other men. Like, oh. and he would send the men even on missions sometimes and then secretly marry their wives without their consent. And he would marry teenagers that like 14 year olds that could still live at home. So Ew. need him to like, quote unquote, take care of them. So that is just, yeah, another like brainwashed lie that they've been fed. And they excuse away this horrible behavior (laughs) of these gross Mormon leaders. Um, So, you know how I mentioned Oliver Cowdery at the beginning of the episode? So he found out about Fanny Alger and what Joseph was doing to her because Emma was mad. Emma kicked her out and Oliver was really close with them. So he found out and he really did not approve of the idea of plural marriage and he was really upset about it and he actually called he has a famous quote 
where he says that he thinks that what Joseph did with Fanny was a, quote, dirty, nasty, filthy affair. Ooh! That's coming from, like, he was basically the second in command of the church. Like, he was as high up as you could be without being Joseph Smith. And because he said that, he got excommunicated. (gasps) Yeah. He got excommunicated. I didn't realize that's why he got excommunicated. Yeah, because he called it out and Joseph Smith didn't want people knowing what he was doing with the teenager in his barn. Oh, my God. That is so crazy. Crazy, right? So that's basically the story of Fanny Alger and how Joseph Smith claims that plural marriage started when actually I don't think she was ever his plural wife. I think that was just an excuse. Oh, poor Fanny. Poor Fanny. Little Fanny. Poor little Fanny. (laughs) But my favorite is, so that quote from Oliver Cowdery, how he says, dirty, nasty, filthy affair. I I just started giggling because I thought, dirty, nasty, filthy Fanny. (laughs) Oh, my God. Can you please name the episode that? That's what I wanted to do, yes. (laughs) <laughs> oh that makes me so happy oh, I think that's uh, my favorite like episode title so far <laughs> I was pretty proud of it I won't lie <laughs> you should be you deserve a, a crown for that oh thank you um oh. so before we like wrap up we forgot at the beginning of the episode we have a new patron that Woo! we should her name is Gina I believe. Hi, Gina. Thank you. Thank you to all of our ongoing patrons as well. You guys help us out so much and we freaking love you. So yes, thank you so much. That's very sweet of you guys. And again, as always, thanks for our our patrons that we have. And also thanks for those who just support us in every other way. So if you can't support us on Patreon, we still appreciate you leaving us reviews and rating us, which we've we've passed 100 ratings on <laughs> iTunes, which is exciting. Um, yeah, it's fun. Or just for listening to us and telling your friends and family about us. That's still, that's your way of supporting us and we appreciate it. So yeah. thanks, you guys. And speaking of that, um, another patron of ours, she started a YouTube channel. Oh. <gasps> It's called Post Mormon Roast. She sent us a link to one on our Instagram DM. And I've, I think she has maybe three videos now as of when this is releasing. But they're great. They're, they are. They're super funny. I, I haven't had time to watch all of them. But I watched one and I was giggling the whole time. Yeah. So go check her out because she's a patron of ours and she always sends us love. So we want to send it back, yeah. back out to her. Um, yeah, so I think that's it. That's it for me. That's all I got. I don't know if you have anything else. That's it. That's all I have, you guys. Nothing else other than we love you all and we're glad to be back um, recording. Yay. (laughs) And yeah, that's. Bye. Bye.